This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves pooping on Pep. Now, it says a lot about Chelsea Football Club when their best result this week was probably the 2-1 away to City and not the 2-0 against Real Madrid in the semi-final of the Champions League. What a football club! What a ride! Now, Chelsea not only beat City in their backyard on Saturday, but they did so resting Mason Mount, Thiago Silva, Jorginho, Kai Havertz and Ben Chilwell, arguably among their best performers against Real some three days earlier. Now, don't buy the bullshit that City were playing their B team. You could argue the same with Chelsea. Now, Tuchel rightly praised Chelsea's winning mentality to come back and win the game after going 1-0 down. Due praise should also go to Aguero for his laughable Penenka miss. 2-0 might have been too big a mountain to climb. What a remarkable coach Tuchel is and what a remarkable denouement to the season this is. He's now outwitted Pep twice in big matches. Can he make it 3 out of 3 come May the 29th? Well, we all hope so. But after Saturday's performance, I have no doubt that it is advantage Chelsea. Chelsea fancast number 820, Advantage Chelsea. And there you go. And on this erstwhile, uh, I mean, I mean, the mood, the mood in the Chelsea and the Chelsea fancast camp is just, just outrageous at the moment. It's just so great to see. Uh, and I'm, I'm as delighted to see Mr. JK himself. No, no, not the Jamiroquai Essex boy. No. This is West London's finest equivalent without the hat, I hasten to add. I, I have got a, a, an advanced series of hats, I have to say, that uh, I don't get the opportunity to wear while Zooming because um, it's a bit hot. But uh, perhaps I should ring the changes and do a little well, a little dance. He was always very good at doing a kind of shuffly disco dance, wasn't he, JK? Yeah. Wearing 
a kind of goat hat or something completely inappropriate. Buffalo hat. JK the space cowboy. He is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, I quite like a bit of JK or Jamiroquai. They made yeah, some good tunes. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That, he got away with it. You can wear a ridiculous hat yeah. when you're that good. When you're that good a funketeer. Yeah. Adidas Sambas, you know. He, yeah. had, he had it going on, didn't he, really? He really did. Really. How the hell we've already... I mean, we're only already. two minutes and already, already we've gone completely well, off on a tangent. It, it occurred to me with this business of... Um, of everybody putting a bet on when we'd start is that you could create an alter ego on discord couldn't you and go in and say it's going to be 1707 i bet you whatever it would be an amount of money and then deliberately manufacture it so it started then you would be quids in yeah i, th- I think that's called insider trading mate indeed indeed would you not be interested in doing that no because no. you get banged up for that kind of thing yeah yeah but unless you're piers morgan and allegedly 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 anyway <laughs> fabulous to be on i'm still glowing from our performances and you just then think you know he'll win everything won't he and then part of me goes no i'm just a pessimist no he won't they'll lose leicester will do a west bromwich on us no it'll all fall apart but no um i just can't see it i just think they're playing so wonderfully and it the the joy at the end of the games is so consuming when everybody gets hugged and they all hug him back and he's just such a magnificent man manager and he's completely magnificent and um and I was allowed to have two of my great... I've got a man crush on him, and I've got one now. Obviously, on Marcus Alonso, I always have, because he scored again, and he's got great hair. And uh, Not the only um, one, that's glad and, to see. And, yeah. and like you, Chidge, he's got, <laughs> he's got great hair. So, you know, unfortunately, as a person who will never have great hair, and I think the assembled company here, forgive me... <laughs> they had great hair. Have got any hair, that... Um, yeah, but hang on, hang on, hang on, JK. I've seen, I've seen pictures of these two, who will remain nameless until hair. you introduce them. I've seen them with hair, and one of them had a wonderful curly mop, and the other had very, uh, he had a whole kind of new romantic thing going on, which is very, very... Those new romantic pictures of said person who I've yet to introduce were are fantastic to behold. I love them so much. They're great. Indeed. So who have we got? Of course, we have, have can I introduce, may I introduce them? We have on the show, um, uh, no, in no particular order, but of course... The housewife's choice himself. <laughs> it's the goalie, the great goalie of uh, of the fan cast. It's Clayton Beman. And happy Good birthday. Evening. Happy birthday for Good last evening. week. Good happy evening. birthday for last week, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, and thank you to everybody who wished me a happy birthday, which is most gratifying and very humbling. Humbling. Mm. Good to see Umbling. you. Good to see you, my okay. friend. Who else have we got, JK? Well, we have we have um, another great savant of uh, of, of Chelsea, great uh, knowledge, great. Um, he's a seer. He is. He is. He is. He's, uh, he's got great um, stall down by the Broadway itself. It is Mister Mister Gate Seventeen himself, great publisher, Mister Marco Worrell. Lovely to see you, my friend. Good to see you, mate. You're looking well. <clears throat> yes, cleanly shaven. Mm, you are. I'm loving the blue specs, mate. Yeah, they're sort of inspired by um, the, the gods of snooker. The which gods was on of television snooker. last night with a <laughs> very, very fine uh, soundtrack. There we go. I'm loving that. I've I've recently kind of basically got. Uh, I've just binge watched Ashes to Ashes, 
uh, with the absolutely wonderful Keely Hawes. And the soundtrack to that is absolutely banging. And I've, I've now gone straight back into Life on Mars and the soundtrack is equally banging, but not quite as, for me, not as banging as Ashes to Ashes because Ashes to Ashes is really my my decade, really. Do you JK. mean Ashes to Ashes when, uh, when England won the uh, the Ashes no. for the first time in 2005? No. I'm, I think the one with Phil Glenister, mate. Phil Glenister. Oh, that one, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough of all our waffle. It's really lovely to see. It's it's not often we've had both Clayton and Marco on the same show, so this is going to be uber fun, mate, I can tell you. Hands across the water. Yes, indeed. Now, on the show tonight, uh, we uh, look at a game of two halves against City, Chelsea's winning mentality, Alonso scoring again, James standing out, and Tuchel outsmarting Pep again. And uh, we will ask if it'll have a bearing on the Champions League final. Uh, In part two, we look ahead to the match against the Arsenal uh, on Wednesday evening. Now, with us beating City and Leicester... Sorry, with us beating City and Leicester, West Ham and Spurs all losing, Chelsea are now third. So will one more win seal a top four finish? Will Arsenal turn up like Brazil 1970? having been distinctly average recently. We will be talking about that. And in part three, we have several wonderful emails to read out. We've got loads of fantastic Discord questions to answer. And and we will be revealing the results of the Fannies for April, which in English is the man of the month, the celery moment for April, and the Guinness moment for April. Now, do not forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat, in the old chat room. And they've been a bit fruity so far. Somebody was being very rude about your love for Alonso, JK. Why? Well, kind of saying you could have a bit of a, a hand shandy to his hair, which I thought was a bit over the top. No, it's uh, not that kind of love. No, and uh, Steve, Steve Moe is very upset with Sterling. He's already Steve's been in there for three minutes. He's already dropped the C-bomb twice. So, yeah, it's lively tonight in Mixler. Great wow. to see you all. Great to see you all as ever. I won't name Shaky because we'll be here all bloody night and we've been waffling on enough as it is. So, in a minute, we'll start to talk about the football in earnest. <laughs> JK, 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 JK. Um, it was a DC, DC. It was definitely a game of two halves, mate, wasn't it? Really, but um, what did you think? Well, yeah, it was, but I, I didn't think, um, I didn't think we looked poor. I just thought both teams were sort of sussing each other out a bit. I thought we passed the ball pretty well in the first half, um, and uh, um, we had the ridiculousness of Taylor. It was, it was interesting as ref watching him, Ashley Taylor. Yeah, fail to. Uh, he pays no attention to. Well, they don't even work with him. The linesmen don't have anything to say. So an event takes place inches away from the linesman, and nothing is done. It's he has to make the decision. I mean, and I think um, uh, for all Sterling's objections, I, I was a little bit disappointed in him. He came across as rather a, a nasty little individual, which I've never ever thought really. But um, um, he um, he so obviously should have been sent off. It was absolutely absurd, and that would have changed the game completely but um 
uh, up until you know 43 minutes it was uh, it was could have gone either way but it was in comparison with the second half it was completely chalk and cheese it was uh, quite a remarkable statement i felt by the team they just energetically they, they went off the off the scale the the levels of commitment in the second half was absolutely fantastic but we battered them second half to absolutely. be honest you know seriously yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, should, again, it should have been like much more than the measly two-one. It was two offside once, goals. Once again, we're dealing with the enigma of um, of Werner. Who, um, the more you watch him, the more you think actually he really contributes an enormous amount. He, he really does. He's he's absolutely essential. Uh, are you coming yet, round? Are you coming round to him within that context? Then, well, not as a goal scorer. I'm coming round to him as a contributor. Yeah. I think, but his thickness of just not you know, being able to look down the line. <laughs> to see whether, well, it is to see whether he's offside or not. I mean, that's something I, it is I brain did when dead, I was, isn't I did that it? when I was 10. It is I mean, brain dead, eight. to be fair, I, isn't it? We used, to run, we used to run an offside setup when I was captain of the under-11s. I used to say, well, oh, push up, push up. Yeah, look along the line, look along the line. And tell to the guy, don't stand up. We, and we had a, when I played Sunday football, we had a, had a centre forward called Steve Pratt. Pratt by name. Pratt, Pratt by name. minor or Pratt major? Pratt, uh, Pratt, Pratt Major, he right. was. Pratt Major, difficult to say rather than Pratt. But he used to, he was so far offside, he used to actually put his hand up and say, I'm offside. And I used to rush up and say, stop, stop telling him you're offside. Just run, run into the position. But it's that business of just being able to look down the line. And uh, it's so elementary. But I suppose he can teach him to do it. But he's very, he's very in the moment, Werner. He's very channeled, very tunnel vision. You can see him. Um, concentrating on just looking at the ball, he's not looking at the men around him. But his, um, he clearly is an immense irritant and a great and fits the way that he plays Tuchel absolutely immensely. So uh, I'm, I'm, I find him an enigma. Consequently, the way that I observe him as a as a player, but he is to me essential. And what I loved was the the offside goal when he was miles off that was just float smashed in at him and he just stuck his foot out it went to the top right hand corner i thought it's so typical isn't it he didn't seem to care about that one because he knew he was offside so he scored a worldie he should have should have should have got himself back onside of course he should and then run in but then once again we've got that that problem but you know the very fact they were setting up all these chances is such a a positive i think you know they're such a great team bloody hell what has this guy done in three months what i mean it's the alchemy involved it's it's almost as if he's in league with the devil. <laughs> That's a great note to end it on there. Marco, uh, uh, talking of Werner, I, I mean, I have to say, I, I'm, I, I occasionally watch Match of the Day, usually only when we win for obvious reasons. But I, I quite enjoy listening to Lineker and Wrighty, particularly Wrighty, actually, and Shearer. The, you know, three fantastic strikers in the game, you know, no doubt about it. And I thought it was really interesting to hear what they said about Werner. And, and, I, and, and I thought Wrighty made some interesting points about being a bit lazy, but also, you know, he's too eager. And I think that tallies with me. He's so eager to, 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 to try and score and contribute in a, a substantive way for Chelsea. Maybe that's why he keeps wandering offside. But I do, I do think that he's beginning to really contribute to this side. And as J.K. was saying, you know, he absolutely fits the way that Tommy T wants to play, and he stretches defences and leaves gaps for others to score. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, come 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 the day that um, he learns to stay onside and shoot straight, he'll, he'll be up for the Ballon d'Or, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. He's <laughs> an exciting player to watch, and, and you kind of, um, he's got that enthusiasm for playing for Chelsea that, 
that means that he, he'll always stay um, on the good side of, of supporters, even if he's, he's wasteful. Yeah, that's a really good point, Marco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But no, no. So, so you know, no, I just love it. I love that's a really, really terrific point. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I endorse what you're saying about the fact that he, he fits the way Chelsea play. Um, I think what will be interesting in, in that respect is if, you know, if we do go out and buy um, a, a sort of a recognised striker. Uh, I think that that could be interesting in terms of, you know, I, I kind of see Werner as he's so fast. I mean, he, he's a winger to me. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's putting assists in rather than scoring. Um, I don't, you know, I thought Havertz has done particularly well as, as a striker. And, he, you know, he's six foot four and he's a bit of a gunslinger. So I don't, I don't see why he couldn't fulfil that role moving forwards. But... You know, Berbatov with a yard, as somebody called him the other night. Well, exactly. Um, but Werner, yeah, you know, I like him. He's, he's yeah. Chelsea, isn't he? He is. He is. Kelly I love likes him. playing for Chelsea football. Marco, how could you not love anybody who's like that short and the way that they run? I don't know what it is. It always amuses me when I see short people running because their legs look like pistons. And he's, <laughs> he's just, I find it really endearing. I think he would have fitted in really, really well with Glenn Hoddle's blue and white army with all the little diddy men that we had up front, like Johnny Spencer yeah, and all of that. Yeah. He reminds me of that kind of era, but it's just the way he runs. You know, I can't, I'm trying to figure out how can you run so fast because your legs are so short. It just defies physics, but there you go. Um, Clayton, um, it was quite nutty, wasn't it, that last five minutes of the first half? Um, well, I mean, as JK said, it should never have been a yellow for, for Sterling. That, for me, was a red all day long, which means he wouldn't have been on hand to score. A, I mean, you know, Aguero's first touch was so poor and Sterling walloped it in, which was a pretty good play of him. And then there was the penalty. I, I'm not convinced it was a penalty on Jesus. I think he bought it hook, line and sinker. Yes, absolutely uh, agree. And then, absolutely. and then, and then Aguero's laughable Penenka. I mean, it was, it was the most comical and mad five minutes I've seen at a football match for a long time, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was absolutely um, typical of what looked like a testimonial game in the first half where both teams, there wasn't any energy, um, on show and both teams were sort of playing, but they weren't. I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, both teams got to the Champions League final during the week. The the amount of energy expended in doing that is huge. So, you know, we, we weren't really going to have a, a, a great game, especially as uh, we're now playing them in the final. But yeah, I mean, the, the penalty they got was a, was a farce. Um, he kicked his It's really fun. What? He kicked his own leg, Clayton. Did you see that? I, I just thought, you know, I, I thought how ironic, you know, you thought, oh, God, Anthony Taylor can't wait to give them a penalty. And yet, ironically, the one that was much more of a penalty than the yes. one he gave, he didn't give. Um, and I suppose it's his arrogance. He doesn't seem to look at the... I mean, Stuart Apple was, was the other idiot involved. Yeah. Um, it's, but no, it, it, I mean... It's it's his um, uh, power. It's his status that he yeah. doesn't like chatting to the the, the other right. VAR official. And if you looked, the linesman was there next to it, did nothing. 
could have obviously oh, ran, did nothing. Absolutely he won't let useless. Let them do it. He, but he won't. That's his rule with the linesmen. They don't contribute at all. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, it was a, it was a bizarre passage of play. Um, do we, do we know whether Christensen's injured? Yeah. I believe what so. What we do know. But I don't think he's bad. I mean, when I, well, I looked at the, some, some stuff from Football London today and, and, and they think it'll be days, not weeks. Well, it, it sort of had a real touch of the sort of uh, the burn of the Villa game, wasn't I, it? The Villa game have, where he. Know, I know what you mean. I have to say, I'm, I'm not. I don't agree, and I'll tell you for why. He was wearing cycling shorts, so clearly he has what they call. He cycled all the way up there. That's that right. He cycled all the way up. <laughs> so there. he must have been. If only he had his helmet and his goggles on. It'd have been fine. No, uh, no. I mean, it's it's a lazy comparison because the, the Villa game, he was actually fouled. Yeah. Before they scored, and that was, was. but it, 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 I think I mean, he had a bit of a tight hammy going into the game, Clayton. That's what I'm maybe, saying. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, he, he was out of position. He was a bit out of sorts, it has to be said. But for people to get on his back is ridiculous. He's been outstanding in the last couple of months. Absolutely outstanding. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. And as as for the penalty, hats off to uh, our wonderful goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. I, I mean, because everybody's been going on saying how awful that penalty was. And actually, I thought Mendy did brilliantly for that. Explain. He, was, he basically didn't commit himself. Yeah. And because he didn't commit himself, it ended up looking absolutely hysterically funny. It was just if one of those carpet-slapping moments. If he'd have dived full length like they often do, that would have gone straight over him and everybody, everybody would have been yeah. saying how, how brilliant it was. Absolutely. But it, it basically showed the arrogance yeah, yeah. I don't want him at Chelsea. Uh, Aguero, oh, not Mendy. God, no. yeah. Never, ever. Never, well, ever. Somebody uh, the other day said that it was all, all tied up and it was all happening on Twitter. You just want to go, oh, no. What well, it's because they talk nonsense, mate, as we, as we all know. Um, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's, I mean, we were 1-0 down. I mean, they scored that goal. I mean, I suppose, you know, in a way... You go in. You go in the dressing room, really buoyed by that. Uh, you know, the, I mean, a for the comedy of 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 uh, Aguero and the brilliance of of Mendy to a degree, and you're thinking, oh bloody hell, uh, we got away with one there, lads, and perhaps that's why. And, and uh, you know, maybe a bit of a rocket from Tuchel as well, because they came out like a different side. But the thing that really struck me, Marco, after the match, was. I love I love listening to Tuchel. I have to say, no, he never wastes a word. But I thought it was really interesting to hear him talking about, um, and I think even with a bit of surprise as well. But about their winning mentality, and they just don't know when they're beaten. And you know that's something that we used to pride ourselves in many moons ago at Chelsea, but uh, and and had lost I think for the last few years. But it's wonderful to see it back. I have him absolutely right, mate. Yeah, definitely. I, I think. Um... You know, there's an element of Chelsea FC pissing on fireworks since 1905 to to, to Chelsea under Tuchel, where um, he's just, you know, like you said at the top of the show, he's got the better of um, Pep twice now, Um, you know, against the odds, really. We weren't favourites in that FA Cup semi-final. We certainly weren't favourites going into that game. and, And I don't know what the odds were when we went a goal behind uh, quite pretty long, I would imagine, on a Chelsea win. And I just think, you know, if you look at that team, it's strange, isn't it? You know, Alonso, who, who just knows what to do 
when it needs doing. Um, you know, that team was kind of an assemblage. You've got Billy Gilmore in there. Um, you know, it was kind of, we went 1-0 down and then they got that penalty and you thought, that's it, this is, Aguero's going to score this and we're going to ship four or five and it's going to be like the West Brom thing, but we're all going to go, well, it doesn't really matter because <laughs> the game's not relevant. Um, but but it was a different conversation after the penalty missed and, you know, whatever he said at half-time. Um, I mean, the players just got on with the job. So there's, there's just that resilience, team spirit, kinship. Um, it, it's just a shame we haven't been able to see it all. Yeah, no, that... <laughs> I hope it, hopefully it can, can continue when we are able to see it. Well, indeed, it's been lingering, hasn't it, for far? I mean, you know, we've, we've missed the best, the best of Frank and uh, we're missing... A, well, I mean, we say the best of Tuchel, but maybe, JK, maybe the best is yet to come. This is just the start, Chief. You think so? Oh, without any shadow of a doubt. Do you think it's the, the Tuchel era? The Do you Tuchel, think it'll be the, the, the Tuchel dynasty. No, the, the Tuchel hegemony. We've, I've, we've, we've talked about dynasties before, and they seem to last about a year and a half, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they? they do. But let's hope that it's... Um, but, well, I, if, he, if he manages to teach everybody who comes in the same way of playing and we don't get sussed. I don't know how you possibly get sussed just by breaking people down, which is essentially what he does. He just pressurises and tactically pushes the ball into places where the opponents aren't. I mean, that's that's brilliant tactics. And uh, and he's got them all working together superbly. Uh, that's not a tactic I think it's easy to deal with. It's just the, the effort. And I love the fact that a substitute who comes on is immediately a cog in the machine and plays as uh, as well as the others, you, rather than just disappearing. The number of times a sub comes on and you think, in the past, you think, well, they haven't done better. It's just, they, you know, it's like for like and I can't see any improvement. In this instance, a sub comes on and you think they're playing out of their skin. And it's, uh, and it's just tactically slightly tweaked. I, I just love the fact that we seem to suddenly find areas to, to attack that... Um, that they they couldn't deal with, and uh, James played out of his skin in the second half, um, uh, and and uh, even Alonso. I mean, uh, somebody put on um, on uh, one of the, the the apps I follow, one of the the people I follow uh, um, on on um, I can't think of the word at the moment, but what do they, what do we do? We follow them on a, on WhatsApp, and um, and he was saying how he felt that it was obvious that I'm sorry, I, I couldn't, couldn't think. It was obvious how. Um, how slower the ball was being pu pushed around because Chilwell wasn't playing. Alonso doesn't get place that doesn't get the ball out of his feet quickly enough. But I thought Alonso had a fine game. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think he's having difficulty defending here. I thought he was really on the case. I think he's just as part of the whole thing. And I think then we get into this dilemma as what's going to happen next year. Is he going to get rid of anybody? I can't see how you get rid of anybody at all other than Emerson because he's playing <laughs> because he's. Because they're all, they're all they're all playing so well, everybody just slots in and they're great. You mean so, you mean Emerson who scored a superb goal against Atletico Madrid in the last minute? Then the next game he played in, he was just. I know, running. I know, I know. Fair enough. No, it's it's it, 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 you know JK's right though. Let's go back to Tuchel Clayton. Um, I, I two things fascinated me. I mean, you know, we, I I didn't even bother uh, doing a um a team selection on Friday night's show because I had no idea who he was going to pick and. And I did think he'd make a lot of changes, and so it happened. But to leave Silver, Mount, Jorginho, Chilwell, and Havertz out, as I said in the in the in the intro, 
arguably among our best players against Rail, and to come away having beaten uh, City 2-1 with Alonso doing what Alonso does with his remarkable knack of scoring goals, uh, I think is just outstanding. But I, the other thing that really impressed me was the fact that uh, in the post-match when Sterling was being interviewed uh, by um, Sky, he said that City had changed uh, their, their their system. They matched Chelsea, so they went 3-4-2-1 or, or a slight variation of that to match us. So Tuchel has now got Pep worried about how to set up against Chelsea and Sterling admitted that they didn't know how to do it and they couldn't live with us I think in that second half and he made the point because Chelsea are doing this week in week out they know what they're doing but I mean how I think that's remarkable to be able to force Pep to to change their system to try and uh, and match us and they couldn't that says it all to me well Pep's got this reputation of overthinking things doesn't he and Tommy T just carried on, same formation, different players. I mean, personally, I think the the team that he picked and players that he left behind, he was he was willing, not he didn't want to, but he was willing to take a hit on this game because he needed to rest those players. But I think, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I would have been absolutely dancing around the room with the draw. I would have been really, really happy with well, the draw. I, I picked one-one um, for the old Prem predictions yeah. league. So did I. So yeah. that, that I think, well, I did as well, and I just I thought that would be fantastic. But it was just interesting. I, I think that does it mean our fringe players are better than their fringe players? I mean, he changed nine players, which he did for the FA Cup semi-final. You can't, you know, you can't change a whole team and expect them to to just. Be fine. We do. Well, we don't. We change four or five players. True enough. And when we bring players in, we bring them in and they play in the same system. Yeah. So you're not asking them to do anything different. That's the difference, isn't it? Whereas Pep is asking them to do something different. And his formation was absolutely bizarre. He was playing five at the back, one in midfield and four up front. And it just didn't work. It, it, was, it was bonkers. They um, thought it was going to work, Clayton, because he was pressing so much that they almost become a part of this kind of, you know... Yeah, kind of listen, block, you know, you they're, know, they're all good players. You can't actually think of anybody that was playing that you thought of. I mean, apart from perhaps Mendy, who looked uh, past his sell-by date, to be honest. But no, I mean... It, it, perhaps, I Mendy, mean we perhaps, sw- perhaps Mendy is beyond repair. Oh, very good. Um... No, it's it, so. it's it's a tremendous thing what he's doing at the moment, and I think we're all we're sort of holding our breath really, because it all seems to be too good to be true. The summer's coming up. We're thinking, hmm, how can we stuff this up? I mean, I, I take you know what I, I I take on board what what Marco is saying, and it, it's 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 a tragedy in a way. I mean, what we've seen for the last three months is is arguably up there you know with some of the best moments we've had at this club since Mourinho arrived you know and and none of us are there and it just doesn't seem real and I'm just I just I'd be interested to hear what Marco what you all think about it actually because 
just think what it would be like if we'd have been at all of these matches. And can you imagine what the atmosphere would be like? The pubs, the stall and all of that. It would be insane, wouldn't it? Looking forward just to shouting out for him below. I love you. I love you, Thomas. You'd be, thro- you'd you. be, throwing, him, you'd be throwing him your knickers, wouldn't you, JK? I'd put him flowers and everything, book everything for him. Then I'll, be, then I'll be escorting out and i say, I don't care. I love him so much. I don't care. With your, with your, with your, with your red and green and white scarf, you know, yeah. covering your privates. I know. But I mean, seriously, Marco and Clayton, I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if we were actually there? I, I mean, I think, as I said, this is up there with some of the best moments we've had in the last, you know, 15, 16 years. I think that's it. That, that's exactly it. My, my fear is that somehow this is all... <laughs> He'll be uh, sacked in August. <laughs> it's just an illusion. <laughs> illusion. And we're going to go... When we get back there, the anticipation on the opening no, no. day of next season it, 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 will be bubbling and then we'll lose 2 0 at home. No, to... It's worse. It's worse. Right? We'll, we'll, first match of the season, we'll turn up. We, we'll, we, we'd, we'd have won that. We'll finish third, uh, win the FA Cup, win the Champions League, and then we'll turn up in the first match and, it, and we'll realise it's, it's all been a dream. And it'll be black and white, and Sarri will be there smoking his fags as leading the team out. It'll, or Rafa, or Rafa even, you know, and we'll go, oh no, it was all a dream. But it has got that I just, I just wonder it? how loud the stadium would have been when the second goal went in against Real Madrid. Well, oh. I mean, oh. Na- Napoli esque. would have come off the place. Napoli esque. Uh, was, it, was it Basel? But I don't mean Basel, do I? Uh, not Rapid Vienna. I know who you mean. Do you mean Vincenza? No, well, yeah. Mark Mark Hughes scored. Yeah, Vincenza levels. I mean, I'm just trying to think of some of the loudest nights I've I've had there. I mean, Napoli. The the two the two games where I actually felt the uh, Matthew Harding shake. One of them was Vincenza when Mark Hughes scored. And the other one was when we came back from 2-0 down against Liverpool to win yeah. 4-2. Yeah. The Barcelona yeah. game as well, when we won 3-1, was magnificent as well. Yeah, And uh, the Liverpool, the, funnily enough, I was mentioning it last week, wasn't I, JK, that this kind of weird symmetry that we started the show before the second leg against Liverpool in 2008. That was the first show we did. And that, I mean, the, the Matthew, I was in the Matthew Harding upper that night and it was moving up and down. Because people were bouncing to one step beyond so much, it was. I was a bit worried actually. I thought, I'm not sure they're supposed to do this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, it would be wonderful. But you know what? We're not there. And there's bugger all we can do. Um, I mean, talking of Champions League finals and things, chaps. Um, I mean, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, again, this this happens in football all the time, doesn't it? I mean, like classically, you know, we've got Leicester in the cup final. Uh, on Saturday, and then we play them in the league. It always seems to be the way. We had that with Liverpool all the time, didn't we? And and now we're in this trilogy with with City, and we're going to have to play them in the Champions League final. And of course, it will be totally different. Uh, hopefully, both sides will be able to play their best teams, which arguably um, they haven't in the two recent incarnations, because the other one was a cup match. Um, we had Kepper and goal, if you remember. Um, so there's there's a chance that that's a game absolutely you know in isolation. But I'm I'm you know I'm I'm not so sure, Marco. I I think I think what we did to them yesterday will have a psychological advantage because they know they were battered in that second half. Um, and you know players are human beings and it plays on their minds, mate. So I I think I think it is a slight advantage to Chelsea having 
having won on Saturday? Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost, I, I prefer, um, I prefer, I think we are the underdogs with the bookies going into the Champions oh. League final for sure. Yeah. But but less so for for the reasons that you're saying. It's it's almost a, in a way it's kind of unfortunate um, because I think Pep and his players must be fucking pissed off with Chelsea to the point where you know um, you can imagine Guardiola just saying to those players after the game, you know, listen guys, you know, this can't happen again. What are you going to do about it? Um, but who knows? I mean, I said, you know, I said from the first couple of weeks into Tuchel's manage, managerial uh, reign that I, I thought he was kind of a lucky manager, um, just in terms of uh, he just seems he can fiddle around with tactics, fiddle around with lineups, and you know the, the West Brom debacle aside. Um, he, he just gets the results, and long may that continue. Um, so yeah, oh lucky man. Well, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned luck, Marco, because Clayton, we've all we've all been we've all all of us, you, me, and Marco and J.K. We've all been around the block a long time watching Chelsea and football. And when it comes to things like the Champions League, you know, it doesn't really matter how good you are. Frankly, it is about luck. I mean, you know, we know all about us and our ride up there in 2012. We know about 2008. We were the better side on the night. We battered United to a degree and we still lost. We The, the Barcelona semi in 2009. Um, you, you could look at Liverpool, you know, uh, getting uh, Salah nobbled by Real Madrid in the first few minutes. You know, luck plays an awful, awfully big part in these matches. Um and I think it, you know, it's it's a classic old saying, isn't it? Your name's either on the cup or it ain't, isn't it? Yeah, um, the the whole sort of uh, comparisons with 2012 have been eerie. Um, but I think you make your own luck in a lot of things. But no, it's a, it's it's an. I don't know if you're asking me to sort of think about it, but I, I just. It's, it's so difficult to predict. I mean, part of me on Saturday didn't want us to win because I thought beating City three times is, is never going to happen. Yeah, I felt the same. But having watched it and having watched us and the way we played, why not? Why not? I mean, as you say, I mean, psychologically, I think Pep shot himself in the foot, fanning about. I mean, for God's sake, how arrogant is it? You're basically playing... You, you need three points to win the league and you play a reserve side because you can do it on Friday. I'd hate, if our manager did that to us, I'd hate it. I would, you know, I wouldn't care if it was a dress rehearsal. Winning the league has always got to be the ultimate thing. And you say, okay, they're going to win it. But, to, I mean, he, he didn't take that game seriously. I'm not saying he didn't want to win. I'm not saying he didn't, but he didn't play his best 11. Why not? But I think he badly judged as well that how well we'd play. I don't think he's really worked out that we are a terrific side because I, I find this this whole thing sort of inexorable, really. You watch them and you just think they're playing absolutely... They, they, they're all over. The, the number of times they are all over the opposition and need to put the game to bed. I think this is our one possibility of a downfall is we just do not score when we're 
absolutely all over them with these breaks. Exactly, yeah. And yet there are so many breaks. There are so many opportunities to score. You think, well, as long as they don't score the other end, if we just get two, we've won it. So, but I, I find it, I find myself annoyed that I've doubted them. You know, if I've gone into a game thinking, oh, you never know. It's like we've saying, you know, well, Arsenal on Thursday, there might be Brazil. Um, well, that's, uh, that's me talking, isn't it? And it, but it, but it, no, it's all of us. Okay. It's all of us. That's what we're all thinking. <laughs> all of us. And, yet, and yet I watched Arsenal yesterday and they're so poor and there's we're so much more incisive and committed and um just a, a much better team ethic and performance and better players we should win absolutely easily and i think that will be borne out but nonetheless you still have these doubts all the time because you're a because you're a chelsea fan because we're, we're so used to watching them you know on on the pep point i think this and 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 chelsea and city i mean you know given that given that city uh, it's amazing, you know. It just shows you how how much fun all this is. We're already previewing the final, and it's three weeks away. We can't resist. But I mean, you know, given that Pep has turned them into something a bit like the the the, the Barcelona side he had, it was it's, it's a very similar way of playing. And if you remember in the kind of zenith of of uh, Mourinho and the Mourinho team's greatness. How we going to do the Zenith Data Systems Cup. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not quite invoking the Zenith Data Systems Cup, Marco, but n- maybe I will. But, I mean, the point is, is that, you know, at that period, we played Barcelona a lot and we played Pep a lot. Pep never beat Chelsea as a Barcelona manager. And I think largely because we knew how to play them. You know, we defended like Trojans. We chased everything. We worked twice as hard as them. We battered them psychologically and physically. And we rode our luck. And we put the ball in the back of the net when we needed to. And I have I have a similar feeling about the way this Chelsea side under Tuchel plays against Pep's sides. They do not like playing against us because we get right up their arse. And they don't get any time on the ball. And they don't like it. They really don't like it. So... You know, I'm 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 not confident that we'll win the Champions League, but I, I you know we've got we've got a you know we've got a very good chance. I think anyway. I just want to wrap up this part really by giving due respect to uh, His Highness, His Royal Highness uh, Rolls Royce James, uh, because I'm just going to read you read you this by the lovely Henry Winter. Um, Reese James, surely man of the match, outstanding second Sorry. half, yeah. such drive down the right. Such quality of delivery too. I mean, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue with that, isn't it, Marco? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Reese um, hasn't had as much game time as um, kind of you know we hoped, stroked, expected. Young man, carry on. I've no, been... no. So, so yeah. Um, so, yeah. Reese hasn't quite had the game time we thought he'd get, um, and you know that aside, when when he has played, you know, you can see that quality that you know we, that got us excited um, last season. Uh, you know, and clearly he is, he is the future down that right flank. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, Henry's right. Yeah, Henry is invariably right, isn't he, Marco? That's why we like him. 
Um, Clayton, would you like to opine with uh, with with Junior Beerman on uh, on the one? No, I, by, I, by I the way, be, before we get into that, I'd just like to say he's got your hair, mate. Literally, I think. I know exactly. Yeah. He has. Hopefully, you'll keep it longer than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just brought him in because this guy, my son, loves Reese James. Tell him what you think about Reese James. And- I, just, I think he's definitely one of our best prospects as a player. I think even just in the future for England, I think I, I think he's just got so much potential as like a modern fullback. He's just so physical, uh, can really beat the winger almost. Uh, it's usually the attacker trying to beat the defender, but I think he just he can beat the attackers in a way. Just mentally, you see them break sometimes when they're playing against him, so they just can't get past sometimes. I just think he's really good. Yeah, yeah. forcing Lamptey out of the club, who showed uh, bright. Uh, before he got injured, that he really is a very good right back or very good fullback. So the fact that the Chelsea staff saw that James was just that much better and Lamptey couldn't get a look in was pretty yeah. uh, impressive. Impressive, yeah. He's he's some he's some player. He's a tank. He really is physically. He's just intimidating, but he's got a lot of skill too, hasn't he, J.K. Well, it's the crosses, it's the, which are uh, are, are um, peerless, I would say. They're completely, uh, um, I think, possibly the, as, as good a crosser as uh, as the two Liverpool fullbacks were. Who last... who are they? I've never heard of them. Um, there's that uh, Scott Sport Robertson and that Terence um, Trent Derby. Yeah, Terence Trent. Why don't you stay? I just I did an opportunity to do that. Obviously, um, I'll tee him up, mate. Uh, can, I, can I just put it out there? How many goals would Cavani score from Reese James crosses? Oh, I have to say Cavani is a class act. My goodness me, that goal he scored. All yes. those years we were linked with him and we yeah. were like, no, we don't want him, he's past his best, he's past his best. Well, no, we, we don't want him. Idiots. He's washed up, is what he? Idiots we were. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. One day, if he was playing for for us at the moment. But if we, if we had a striker like that on the end of Reese James's crosses... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a goal every time, a goal every cross. Yeah, because he's that good. The crosses are that good. He's, he's a hell a, of a player, isn't he? He's, I remember he's Eddie McCready used to do crosses like that, and they weren't anywhere near as good as James's. Wow, yeah, McCready, that's McCready. high praise, mate. Yeah, well, I, I used to get fed up because he just he he'd never quite get them right. I don't know, even though he had Hutchinson and Osgood at the, in the end of them, but um, no, it wasn't. It's the the speed, accuracy, and the fade as they just go into the penalty area is. It's remarkable. He's a remarkable player, James. I agree completely. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, right, we're going to have a quick break. But before that, of course, uh, time to uh, plug the hell out of uh, the world's greatest fanzine, edited by the world's greatest fanzine editor, who actually guested on this show a few weeks ago, his Lord Highness, he who must not be named, and three of the greatest, well, two of the greatest writers and me, who write for it? Uh, of course, Clayton, myself, and Marco all all write for the, the good old fanzine. Um, and as you know, you can't get it because we're not at the matches. Oh, actually, that's an interesting point. Will the stall be an operation for the Leicester game, Marco? Uh, I don't believe so um, at the moment. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not going to the games. So. That would be one reason then. <laughs> so, but D- DJ will be there on Saturday, won't he, at Wembley? And he'll be there on Tuesday, I suspect. 
Yeah. He might, be, he might well be lurking. I, I, you know, DJ at Wembley for cup finals used to be something of a lucky omen for me because I used to, because, you know, a lot of people going there, 100,000 people going in there. So it's not a given that you'll bump into people. And invariably, whenever I bumped into DJ uh, before a cup final, I'd give him a, 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 in a kind of a um, Laurent Blanc, Fabian Barthez routine, I would kiss his bald pate and Chelsea would go on to lift the FA Cup. Uh, so, uh, I shall miss that because I'm not going to be there. But there we go. Anyway, look, going back to the old fanzine, uh, you can still get it. You can still get a hard copy. If you email cfcuk at gate17.uk, uh, get yourself on the subscription list. Uh, it's two quid a copy. That includes first, part, po- first class postal delivery, and it's well worth it. I think there'll be another one coming out before the season's end, so he tells me. Um, now, the other thing is... There is another uh, football at football underscore prizes competition this week. It's to win a Timo Werner signed and custom framed shirt. It is a thing of beauty. Uh, the tickets are just £5.95 and a link to the competition can be found at footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Werner hyphen shirt or just go to at Chelsea Fancast on Twitter and uh, the tweet for football prizes is pinned. It's pinned in our Twitter feed. Uh, the draw ends on Wednesday, May the 12th at 7.30pm, so you need to get get in there now. And, I mean, the other thing is they do run out. I mean, they only put up about 99 tickets, so if you snooze, you lose. We will be back, because we never snooze. We will be back in a minute to talk about the forthcoming Arsenal game. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to NordVPN dot com forward slash chelsea fancast there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the chelsea fancast the link is in the podcast episode description box away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Football Fancast. Right, welcome back. This, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast with me, your Uncle Stanford Chidge, and the absolute leg end that is uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. 
I thought it was Bell End, but never mind. I was being kind to you tonight. Oh, thank you so I'm much. I'm full of magnanimity um, at the moment. I've noticed, actually. It must well, be and, and Guinness. Uh, hair and Guinness. No, no hair in the Guinness. No hair in the Guinness. Lovely to be on the show with such eminent guests. It is, isn't it? Lovely tonight. It's very, I feel it's quite old school tonight. I kind of like that. You know, the elders. Council yeah. of Elders tonight. I like yeah, it. We should all be. You should send us kind of um, fan cast robes we can all wear. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. We get them, sell them down the stall. Yeah, yeah. Bit of celery on the on on your bum. We can get that tattooed on the on the robe. Yeah, that'd be quite fun, wouldn't it? Anyway, we've also got uh, the wonderful Clayton Beerman. Hello. And the delightful Mark Worrell. Good to see you both, boys. Now uh, we got the Arsenal game. Uh, coming up and of course because of what we did against City I think everything has, has changed slightly uh, we're now in third uh, our goal difference has improved we've got 64 points 23 plus 23 goal difference Leicester have slipped down to fourth they're 63 with a goal difference of 20 West Ham are fifth on 58 points goal difference 10 Liverpool six 57 points goal difference 18 Spurs seventh 56 points goal difference 20 so you know we're eight points above Spurs we're seven points above Liverpool. We are six points above West Ham and a point above Leicester. My point is, we only really need to win one more match, and we've done it, mate. We're in. We're in the. We're in the top four because nobody will get past us if that's the case. I think there's also a case to be made that we'll finish third, and I think there's also a case to be made that Liverpool, jammy bar stewards, might might squeeze into that uh, fourth spot. JK's convinced, aren't you, JK, that Leicester? will continue their implosion. As I keep um, saying every week, there's no problem there. And I think we'll uh, we'll do them twice. We'll win the cup final and we'll uh, and we'll beat them in the league. But um, it, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll we'll finish third, okay. Um but um I don't know. I think the hammers will still keep going. I'm not convinced that Liverpool Yeah, but they're, they're six points behind us. There's three games left. No, no, I, I mean one. But for, for, Finishing, uh, if Leicester still implode, I think Hammers could could get the last spot. I don't think Liverpool will. Um, yeah, I, I think Liverpool have got four games left, of course. So they've, they've got, got an extra game. Extra game, if they. And it's their their, their other their other game is United. Away. Well, then exactly, they'll have to win them all, and I'm not convinced that they're they're anywhere near good enough. And none of the players as he's got in the squad that he puts in is uh, uh, is anywhere near as good as uh, as the team who won it last year. I mean, you know, we've been worried about the run-in for a while. I mean, be- I mean, this is the point, Marco, isn't it? I mean, beating City was huge because that was the game that we all felt we might not win. You know, that 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 was the one we couldn't rely on. We might get nil point for that one. So the fact that we got three out of that, I think, has just eased eased the pressure considerably. Even though we've got an FA Cup final in between the Arsenal and the Leicester game, I- I'm convinced. Beat Arsenal on on Wednesday, home and hose, mate. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, what a great position to be going in, into that Arsenal game. Uh, you know, they're a weird team, aren't they, Arsenal? They're a weird team with weird fans, mate, as we all know. <laughs> they are. They're like, I don't know, they're like the Norwich City of London, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, strange, strange team. So I would be quietly confident about that game and then... And then, of course, William's going to turn up and play like Pelé. <laughs> Which would be typical, wouldn't it? Because he has been beyond 
I have I have Arsenal mates who are threatening violence on me for us selling William to them. So awful has he been. Now, just to add insult to injury, chaps, because I know Marco Marco's in the old Premier Predictions League with me. I had a right old Western Super this weekend because I had like I had I mean a last minute winner. I can't remember what match it was now, which scuppered me, and I had two one for Arsenal. Uh, West Brom scored a brilliant goal to get it back to 2-1. There's like 10 minutes to go and I'm thinking, no, oh, this is all good. Chichi's going to come home with the bacon and put put Simon back in his back in his place. He's been ripping me out on Discord all week saying, Chidge, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. And, uh, and, 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 and you know, William, who's been absolutely shocking, last <laughs> bloody minute, free kick outside the box, boom, thank you very much. And I and I I didn't get max points. And Clayton, this is typical William. I think you know. Not only will I'm worried that he will come back and haunt us. Hence my Brazilian quip. But uh, they are a very average, ordinary side. They struggled against West Brom. I mean, no joke intended, because I know we got thumped by them. But two 0 up, you should have been home and hosed. And they 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 look wobbly as hell for the last half an hour. I did. I... We mentioned it in the last part. I mean, you look at the two teams, you look at the last couple of months, we should be thinking it's Arsenal, so what? You know, should be easy. Look at our results, look at their results. But we don't think that. We don't think that. One, because they've had the Indian sign over us. Now, whether that was the Indian sign over Frank um, or whether it's just us as a team, I'm not sure. I mean, if you remember... All those years ago, uh, which was December, when we basically played them, and I think we were on the back of X number of wins, they were absolutely going through an awful performance. They played a team for the kids that played us off the park. So that was a, that was a different Chelsea. That Chelsea didn't turn up that day. Mm. Um, I've not seen a Tuchel team not turn up yeah. ever. It was Boxing Day, wasn't um, it? They were still drunk from Christmas Day, I reckon. I've got no idea, but it was, without doubt, one of the most abject performances that I've seen. It was just awful. I, I think I can't. Could... I can't see it happening on Wednesday. I mean, I can see it happening because we're Chelsea, but I can't, in reality, see us losing to them. I mean, it's not even an if, is it? We're, if 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 we come if we play as well as we've been playing and we play with the same tactics and we play with the same tempo and we play with the same commitment and the same uh, team structure we will completely take them to the cleaners once again the difficulty as i say is how many times we put the ball in the net but um, we are so more advanced than they are as a team um and and i felt that in fact that that that, that contribution that game contributed to Frank's downfall. That was one of the reasons, as well as the Leicester game and the City game, because it was a team just not appearing, and we've yet to experience that. And I can't see how that will will happen with with a with this Chelsea, because it, there's it, it is too much commitment from the manager and the team, and too much teamwork. I can't see it happening. So I predict an absolutely easy victory for us. I mean, it, it's interesting, isn't it, Marco? Because I mean, you've got a few Guna mates as well, and and they're they're apoplectic at the moment. <laughs> the whole there's something really toxic about Arsenal at the moment. They they don't like Arteta. They don't think he's good enough. I mean, he made some really weird decisions, and he took off the best players against West Brom, and they suddenly looked awful. 
they're they're going to miss out on Europe for the first time in 25 years. They're in their lowest league position since 1994-95. Oh, how we are laughing. Let's all laugh at Arsenal. Let's all laugh at Arsenal. I mean, you've got to love this. You've got to enjoy this. But there is that nagging, nagging doubt in my head about the football gods. Should I should I be this worried? I, I'm just having, actually, one of my um, Guna mates, uh, Grandad, who, who I gave a name check to in, in my last... Uh, fanzine article i'm just looking at our um twitter private message banter um he 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 now back back he's so pissed off with arsenal he actually makes money backing against them <laughs> in various games so here's a few comments from the other day bring back arson um what about lampard we are fucking awful arteta has to go <laughs> Yeah. So go. yeah, so it's all stacking up nicely for for William to curl one over the wall um, and uh, upset us. Yeah. Who's going to be in goal though? Will it be Mendy again? Will well, Kepa play in the cup final? Well, it's a good it's a good segue. I mean, this is this is what I I I think the team will be. I th- I think going you know listen to what you lot were saying and I mean you know Pep Pep making a rick of the selection last last Saturday. I don't think Tuchel will do the same thing. So I think he I think he'll look at it like let's get this one. If we if we win against Arsenal, we're in the top 4, job done. We can then focus on winning the FA Cup and then we can focus on winning the uh, the European Cup. So I think he'll go strong. I think he'll go Mendy, Rudiger, Silva because of course Christensen there'll be a doubt about Aspilicueta, uh Chilwell, Jorginho, Kanté. James as the right uh, wing back, and then I think he'll go Werner Havertz Mount up top. I think he'll go strong. Discuss, Clayton. No, I agree. I agree. I, I think he will. I think you're quite right. He he will see that the the maths are there. If we get another three points, we're done. We're home and hosed. Uh, I can't think that there's anybody he might not want to risk for the cup final apart from maybe Silva, but he didn't travel at the weekend. He's had a rest. Depends, I think, how badly Christensen's injured. Because yep. I think if Christensen's okay, he might play him and not play Silva. Save Silva for Saturday. But yeah, no, I, th- I think he will go strong. One person that we didn't mention on Saturday uh, was Billy Gilmore, who I thought was outstanding. I think he, he struggled a bit in the first half, but in the second half, he was fantastic. Well, considering he'd given a penalty away, which was could have been absolutely destructive yeah. in terms of the game to come back in that second half and play like he did mate belies yeah. his young age doesn't it yeah well, obviously we, we also have to we don't know where the cover's going to be fit they said he might but there's a chance he might be for Arsenal so he might be an option as well yeah that'll be interesting I think I think let's go look, going back to Billy Gilmore you know given how grumpy we were that, that, that Tuchel clearly wasn't giving him a chance he's now Given him a chance in in into you know the Fulham match and uh, now the sit the, in the City match more importantly in a way, although I suspect he didn't have much choice because Jorginho and Kante must have been on their knees after their exertions against Real. But the thing, the really important thing is, is he's proved to Tuchel. I hope that you know he he won't let Tuchel down, that he can put him in there and and we still play just as well. The system works just as well. 
And okay, he's young, so he'll have a few errors in him, but he can do a job, J.K. Well, we'd we'd uh, we'd written him off, hadn't we? We'd, well, we'd I, written... I, 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 no, not not I, not I. No, all right, I express this better. We had suggested a few weeks ago that he was no longer in Tuchel's plan. Yes, yes, that I'd, I'd accept that totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rather than saying he wasn't good enough, but we were mooting that he wasn't. Perhaps he wasn't good enough. Perhaps he was too. Well, Adrian mooting. <laughs> clever, very clever, very clever. For those who don't know Clayton's reference, because it's um. Esoteric, uh, to say the least. I think it's 26 years ago now. Um, what? Really? Isn't it 94? Who's no, 2000, sorry, 2004, Who's wasn't it? 2004, I'm so sorry. So, well, sorry, 17 years ago. Forgive me, sorry. 17 years ago. That's, that sounds much better. Much not. better, yes. Not in <laughs> reference to the, uh, the allegedly um, uh, constantly cocaine-imbibing centre-forward who scored brilliantly and then slowly became Robert Fleck. Um, not making any connection between the two there, of course. Um, but um, uh, yes, we'd... we'd uh, and Yeah, I think... I, I actually think that there are, there are occasions when we come up with conclusions which are so far away from the truth that, you know, I'm ashamed that we've ever come it's, up with... It's a, the drugs, I'm, mate. Is, it, is that what it is? Yeah. I just think it... Well, I was thinking more of the fact that we're not there and we don't actually know what's going on. But the, the more that all these players come in and play excellently, the more I just keep thinking, well, who else is going to get in the side? Does he need another another squad member? Are there the odd, perhaps you'll buy a centre-half, perhaps you'll buy a centre-forward. Perhaps it's it's as basic as that. Perhaps that's all they'll do in the summer because everybody who comes in does it every single time, other than Emerson. Everybody comes in and plays decently. And so more than decently, they're all part of the the setup and they all con contribute and it is a testament to the manager's brilliance well i mean on that on that point marco I, I i mean a player who i who i love and desperately want to see do i mean as much as i want to see billy gilmore do well i really want to see hudson adoy oi 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 do well as well and i thought he looked good when he came on i mean yeah you know i mean unlucky with the offside i mean it, it was offside oh. it was offside but a nat's cock and it was a good goal. It's good, it was good that it was good that Werner was also offside with him. Oh, of just course. Just in case he was, uh, yeah. uh, just in case he felt lonely. He's all, he's all hard. That's the mark yeah. of a team player, actually, Clay. Exactly. You know. But but Marco, I I, I mean, he, he he you know he he could have scored that goal if uh, if Alonso hadn't have shanked it in, which kind of for me made it all the sweeter, really. But I'd I'd like to see Hudson Odoi do well. I'd, I want to see Billy Gilmore do well, and and you know I don't think. I mean, the only the only person really who's been snuffed out is is Tammy Abraham, and I I think that's more of a system issue than a than a, he doesn't rate him as a player issue. No, he just doesn't fit into the system that I mean, you could say the same about Oli Giroud. You know, he doesn't play Oli Giroud for the same reason. It's not the system he wants to play. Whereas Hudson Odoi and Gilmore will and can fit into that system, and it's just a question of you know right time, right game. I think. I think the summer's going to be interesting. You know, I think Billy Gilmore um, should be playing every week now. I don't think he's going to get that opportunity at Chelsea Football Club next week. You know, if you look at Conor Gallagher, he basically played, I know it's good experience for him playing in a West Brom team that, that's been up and against it all season. But he's, you know, he's developed as a, as a player and as a man. Um, get getting that game time, and I, 
I can't see Billy getting that many games um, next season. I, I think it would be better for his development to get a really good loan move to a Premier League club where, where he can play every week. And, you know, Hudson Adoy, is he going to be happy with the amount of game time he's got this, you know, on, under Tuchel? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, is, is that going to change next season? Um I'm not sure, especially if we sign, you know, more, more firepower. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, Hudson Adoy, he he will want to be playing every week. Um, he's not getting that game time. So, how, how, old, how old is he, mate? Do you know? Do you remember? Twenty-two. Mm. Will it, will it, Marco? Will he care if we've won the Champions League? Won't he want to be associated with the side that's won the Champions League, knowing that he could have a permanent place if he if he steps up, rather than thinking I'm not getting enough game time? If they well, won, does that not change everything? Well, I think I think the fact the facts of the matter are he's not getting in the team now, um, so I don't see that changing um, because you know in the, in a similar way that Tammy's sort of been marginalised. Hudson Adoy, you know, isn't getting a game. Will he, will he start against Arsenal? That's the question. Mm, I don't you think know, so. Will, will he start against Arsenal? Maybe not. Definitely won't start in the cup final. Um, so, what what does that what does that tell him? Um, I don't know. If, if you you know if you're a player who sized up a move to Bayern Munich a couple of years ago, didn't do it. You know, got opportunities under Frank. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think there's there's a question mark over quite a few players um, who aren't quite getting the minutes that they need or would want. I know Bill, Billy's young though. Um, He's what nineteen? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think you're right, Hudson Odoi, 22. I mean, I was about to invoke the uh, the the well-known legal clause, which is known as the Phil Foden clause, which of course, as he was, you know, marginalised for years and years and years at City, and everybody was saying how good he was. And and the and the, the school of thought now is that Pep he's actually 20, Hudson Odoi. He's 20, so he's still very young, mate. Whereas you know, Foden was was they all were all saying was marginalised. Now they're saying he was being managed really real really well by Pep who's now introducing him at the right time and look how wonderful he is. So you could make that case with Billy and Hudson-Odoi because they're still young enough. Tammy, you could. Can I, can I just... Um, the one thing that I, I saw, and it might just have been paper talk, what have you, was that the club were looking to open contract negotiations with Jorginho, which, let's face it, six months ago, we would have been up in arms and all the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, do, do we think that's a good idea or do we think that try and develop um, Gallagher slash Billy well, or what have get, you. Get rid of Jorginho. Bring bring uh, Gallagher in. You've got Gallagher, Kante, Kovacic and Gilmore as your midfield options. Well, yeah, what, because I, mean, I can understand exactly that Gilmore needs needs to play. But Kante's not going to play all the time. No. He can't play all the time. Kovacic um, is probably injury prone as well, you could say. Yeah, so... <laughs> Tuchel loves who's, a, who's a better player though, Gallagher or Gilmore? Gilmore. Very, they're different. They're slightly different. And they are different. I've, I've not, I've not seen Gallagher enough. He's good to, to, to answer. 
I think I think but I, I think he's sorry, not sorry, the play, same play. sort of player. Yeah, exactly. Gallagher's more of a Mount player, and uh, and you know Gilmore's more of a of a of a Cante and uh, Jorginho type player. I think. I think Jorginho is essential though for this team, and I think he loves him. The the huge hug he gave him after the uh, the Manchester game, and he only came on for the second half, didn't he, Jorginho? Super at the end. That's the the nail hit in the head there, J.K. Yeah. Because it's too short. Who has the love for the players that he trusts, and he's, you know, he's going to want that. Uh, I think Jorginho's he's thirty, isn't he, this year? Um, you know, he sees him, and he's clearly doing a job as well. Yeah. So he's going to get the he's going to get the big games. I know that that's why I'm just saying. I, I just wonder, you know, Billy Gilmore getting a full season under his belt at a Leeds United or, you know, a, a team that's competing, not battling relegation, which is a tough gig. Um, I think that would be better for him than playing, you know, six or seven games in, in, the, in the League Cup and the FA Cup, um, you know, and feeding off scraps elsewhere. I, that's, that's my opinion. No, I, Mar- yeah. Marco, I, I think you make an excellent point and it's, hard, it's really hard to disagree with that. And I mean, you know, Jorginho has been Marmite for us for as long as he's been here. But, you know, he's more than stood up and be counted in my in my own personal eyes in the last six months. And irrespective of what I think, as JK was saying, uh, you know, Tuchel clearly rates him. He does a great job for him. He relies on him and he trusts him. And I think he likes his leadership qualities, too. And I think he's he's proved that he has a bit of that. He's an experienced international player. And, and Billy Gilmore is not. And, and it's hard to argue against that. Um, but you know what? I I think as I mean there'll be some questions on this later from the Discord boys actually. But you know, the proof of the pudding will be what happens in the summer with transfers and stuff. Let's wrap this part up. Uh, J.K., how do you see it going on Wednesday, and what is your score prediction? Four nil. Four nil. Yep. That's uh, this is why J.K.'s languishing in the bottom of the pre- PP League, <laughs> Chelsea Fancast PP League. Uh, the leader of the Chelsea Fancast representatives in the Chelsea Fancast Premier Predictions League is none other than Mr. Mark Worrell. Am I, am I back in front of Mr. Wickham again? Yeah, you and Wickham have been. I mean, there's been you, right? You, Martin, and me have been like, like it's been a bit like a, a Martin Wickham sandwich. Although I keep like dropping points, and Simon Lewis keeps on being the interloper into the little Chelsea fancast triumvirate, but uh, yeah, you're you're in, you're ahead, I think. So whatever Marco says is likely to be the case. It will well, be true. that's what I'm saying, J.K. That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to go for two nil to Chelsea. Two nil to the Chelsea. Clayton. Same. You're going for a two nil. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see Chelsea walloping a load of goals, to be honest. It's just not what they do. They, they, you know. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for two nil as well. Uh, uh, although I've got a sneaker that they might score a jammy goal. So I think I might go two one actually. Although we're very good at not letting goals in at home, but I'm gonna go two one, which is why I'm not in the lead in the Chelsea Fancast Premier Predictions League. Anyway, um, quick bit of plugs before we go to uh, a break and. Uh, First of all, Chelsea Supporters Trust. There's never been a more important time to join the Chelsea Supporters Trust. The membership costs just £5. And as a member, you will have a say on important issues such as ticket prices, kickoff times, many other things that are important to us all. Um, 
it makes sure your voice is heard by the club and as a member you get to attend meetings vote in the elections and put forward motions at the AGM and you get a lovely shiny Chelsea Supporters Trust badge and uh, to join up all you have to do is go to the Chelsea Supporters Trust.com website and you can it's very easy to join up there very easy to do now the other thing you must absolutely do if you want to call yourselves a Chelsea supporter is uh, buy yourself a CPO, a Chelsea pitch owner's share. Now, owning a share means that you have the free, you own uh, part of the freehold of the stadium, and that means it's protected from being sold to anybody nefarious who wants to build luxury flats on it or things like that. Which means that Stamford Bridge will be the home of Chelsea Football Club and football forever. Now, the prices vary. You can get an electronic share for about thirty-one quid. Uh, I mean, you can even splash out on about a couple hundred quid and get it presented to you on the pitch. But uh, if, if you're like me, I paid about 100 quid to get a share, which is signed by the legend that is Frank Lampard. So there you go. Uh, go to Chelsea's uh, official website, chelseafc.com, and search for the Chelsea pitch owners. Now, when we come back, we're going to have a lovely little mixed bag of a part. We've got some emails to read out. Thankfully, they're all quite short this week, JK. Uh, we've got loads of Discord questions, which will really set a nice big old debate going for us all. And then, then finally, I will reveal the results of the April Fannies. So there we go. We'll see you in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. Me, Stanford Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Great to be on the show. Uh, and the lovely Clayton Beerman, the housewife's choice. Yo, yo, yo. And uh, the lovely, wonderful, beneficent Mr. Marco Worrell. <laughs> right, now, uh, as I said, I, I, I offered up a bit of a, a mixed bag. It is a bit of a mixed bag, but it's, it's, it could be quite fun, this, actually. I've, I've decided this part is going to be a lot of fun. And... Uh, the fun starts with some great emails, JK. The first one is from Mark Graver. Mark Graver. Dear all, what a fantastic result. The only thing missing was the crowd chanting, can we play you every week? I'll be in Christchurch, New Zealand for the final. If anyone listening knows somewhere that might be showing the final, it would be good to find out. Cheers, Mark. Yeah, I mean, if you're in New Zealand, in, in Christchurch, uh, and you're listening to this, and uh, uh, I mean, I don't know how, how you would get hold of Mark, actually. Get hold of me. Email me at chelseafancast at gmail.com and uh, and then we will put you in touch with Mark because he's a lovely bloke. I think I've met... I, I could be wrong, but I think I've met Mark for a beer or three in the cock in the past, so he'll be great fun to watch the game with. Now, the second one, I will have to sing because it is, in fact, a song and it is mysteriously sent in by somebody who says he's called Chopper Aris. Whether it's the real Chopper Aris or not, I cannot tell you. But N'Golo Kante's magic. He wears a magic hat. He drives a Mini Cooper and lives in a council flat. He pops up on the left. He pops up on the right. And when we win in Istanbul, we'll sing this song all night. Oh, N'Golo Kante's magic. And so on, so on, so on. He wears a magic hat. He drives a Mini Cooper and lives in a council flat. I was doing uh, the harmony. It, well, I know, but I, I'm, I'm not going to sing the second verse or the repeated verse, but I, I think that's not bad at all, Chopper. I quite like that. 
I've just had some breaking news uh, in Mixler from New Zealand Zola 25. Uh, and if you're listening, Mark, which I know you will be, uh, our friend from New Zealand who's in Mixler right now says, go to the Bealey pub, mate. B-E-A-L-E-Y. So I'm presuming that that is a pub in Christchurch. There'll be more of this uh, breaking news uh, live on Mixler. Uh, so there we go. Loz B, who is as curmudgeonly as I am, and he knows that, and says, you can't steal Fab's song, for fuck's sake. I think, uh, do you know what? I, I first heard that song, and neither Mark or Clayton will correct me on this. I remember coming back on a train to Winchester from London in the early 90s and listening to Guna fans who were all travelling back the same way, singing that song to the tune of Georgie Graham. Georgie Graham is magic, he wears a magic hat. So there you go. So it's been going around for ages. I think you can nick it. It's all right. JK. It's been going, going around since Lonnie Donegan in 1960. Who did he play for? Uh, he was um, an Irishman. He played for a shamrock. Um, Skiffle FC. Hitman. Yeah, what? what? Skiffle yeah. FC. Yeah, Skiffle. Absolutely. Well done. Much Sam- funny. Much funnier and quicker, Jude. Very good. Oh, yeah, no, I'd try. Uh, Sam Rolls? Sam Rolls. Does he? Oh, okay. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi there. Hope you're well and up the Chelsea. Just found your email on your website. Just wondering if you know any pub gardens in or around Chelsea for May the 29th that will still be taking bookings. Need help? There's three of us. Look forward to chatting. Kind regards and come on you Chelsea. Sam Rolls. Well, I, I have to kind of, uh, you know, rescind myself from this one because I'm not no, I'm not going to be in London. And uh, um, so I don't know. And I, I have not actually been in a pub for over a year and I've not been in London for months. So I wouldn't know, Sam. Do you, do you boys have any knowledge on that? J.K., Clayton, Marco? Nah. No. No, but all the pubs will be open yeah. from the 17th. So... I mean, I think the trouble is the booking element of it, isn't it? I mean, I would always say Chelsea Pensioner, that'll be quite wild, but you've got to book all these places. I mean, the the Cox got a TV, I know. The Lily, I mean, all of our lot have booked that, I think. You know, I think your problem is, Sam, just try all the pubs. There's an app you can get called Match Pint. I know this for a fact because I've got it, which tells you what pubs have got uh, TVs and show football. You might want to try that. And then just try every pub in the... If you really want to drink in the manor, then, you know, try try every pub that's still open and see what you can do. The Atlas, I don't think, has a... They don't have uh, don't have football on, but uh, the Cock certainly does. I won't be there. I should be watching it. I mean, Jack Jones at home with a crate of beer. But anyway, Sam, I'm sorry we can't be more helpful, but I, I wish you humongous luck. Right. Uh, and by the way, yeah, Ramsey's in, in Mixler and he's been saying that a lot of the pubs that we used to drink and have shut down for good by the looks of it. I, mm. I, have, I haven't been in the manor for over a year, so I really wouldn't know. Uh, OK, right. Matt Scott. Good evening, all. Hope everybody is well. Uh, I just want to say how bloody happy I am watching the boys play as of late, apart from West Brom, obviously. Uh, it's the first time in a long time since we've got to the business end of a season and we look like genuine contenders for a proper trophy or two. A quick mention about City and how Pep made lots of changes again like he did in the FA Cup semi-final. No one fucking cares. Actually, I'm reading your email out. What's going on here, JK? Am I being a twat? Well, you did write. You did write JK next to it. I know. So. I'm, I'm just being a twat. It's because I've written JK because I, I copied and pasted and I copied and pasted. Put from... it twice. It was your turn. 
I know, no, I, I realise what I've done. Um, yeah, so no one fucking cares. We turned you lot over like a pair of kippers in that second half. While without doubt Pep will field a stronger 11 on the 29th of May, let's not forget we will also start with Silva, Chilwell, Mount, Jorginho and Havertz, rather than start them on the bench or leave them out altogether. I just want to take this moment to applaud Tuchel and our boys for making me proud to watch them playing for the badge again. I saw glimpses of it under Frank, but what I see now is a group of players that have, de- that have detailed instructions of how they have to play in every game and a squad willing to put in that extra work to make sure we get the job done as and when they're called upon. This is in no way, shape or form a dig at Frank, who is clearly at the start of his managerial career and will without doubt be an exceptional coach in the coming years. Once again, fellas, we can all sit here with the smell of a final, the smell of winning, the smell of what this club is about, challenging for major honours on all fronts. It's safe to say us Chelsea fans are in a good place right now and long may it continue. All the best and as always, love the podcast and the time you legends give to us, along with all your knowledge and passion for Chelsea Football Club. On behalf of all the listeners, you're greatly appreciated by us all. So thank you. Much love and up the fucking Chelsea. Well, thank you, Mark. That was a, a Matt even. Sorry, Matt. That was a, a brilliant email. <laughs> And uh, Matt, Matt, the ex-Chelsea uh, fancast listener. Matt, I do apologise. I'm, I'm senile and, and, and can't read, as we all know by now. But that was a great email. And I think the thing, JK was chuckling and smiling to himself listening to that because he, he was agreeing with every point you made, weren't you, JK? Well, I, haven't, I even gurgled a bit. I just meant, You gurgled? Wow. The odd word, yeah. And I was trying to work out what the, the actual smell of winning was. Smells like to... victory. Hyacinths. Charlie, don't surf, mate. Your turn. <laughs> um, this is Nana Yaboa. Hello, Mr. Chidge, JK, and our distinguished guests. It's Clayton and Marco. It's been a while since I sent an email. We've noticed. We've noticed. I've been busy with school. OK, fair enough. My semester ends this week. I'll be writing in a lot more. Good. Well, the last couple of weeks we've had, I don't think people are giving Chelsea the credit we deserve. Well, we are. Uh, We've not lost in any of these big games. The players are getting better and better. They are. Rhys James looked like Cafu in the second half. Gilmore looked like Perlo. And I could go on and on and on. These guys are all developing into legends before our very eyes. This team is playing like prime Barcelona. And yet the press is not giving us the credit we deserve. We've beaten Man City twice, and trust me, Guardiola will do something stupid in the Champions League final and play into our hands and lose again because he'll be so desperate to win. Tuchel is doing a great job. It's a great period to be a Chelsea fan. Thank you for your, for the good job you do. Nana, Michigan, USA. Lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I, I agree completely. He is doing a great job. And uh, yes, we're not... We're not as yet media darlings, but I think, I mean, there was a wonderful thing um, I saw on Sky the other day where uh, they had a picture of um, Tuchel and a picture of um, uh, Guardiola in the corner saying that that was going to be the Champions League final. And the picture of the person lifting the the trophy up, which was four times bigger than anything else, was Steven Gerrard. And you just think it was was absolutely pathetic, pathetic beyond belief. But that is the way the media are, are. um, biased against um, even Man City, they're even biased against them. They don't. You have to say that, that I don't think we do get very, very much credit. And you know, commentary on Saturday was all about Man City winning the league. Yeah. Um, but I think Tuchel's getting a lot of love 
from mm. from most of the pundits. Yeah. I think that's fair to say he is getting the credit. They, they, they see the quality. Here's a question for you. Uh, how many times have Man United been in a Champions League stroke European Cup final? Mm. I mean, 68, well, they, I mean, 68, they won it. 99, when they won they beat it. beat Barcelona. Yeah. 2008 us. against us. And they lost to Barcelona. That was the year they after, did. wasn't it? 2009. Yeah, when, when we got tucked yeah. up. So that's four. And they haven't been in one since, have they? No, I no. don't think so. So we're still behind them. We, we need to have at least been in four. But we're not, I mean, you know, we're not far behind. I, I, it's so important to, to, well, we've got there. I mean, obviously we want to win it. Um, you know, I count these trophies down, as everybody knows. But uh, brilliant email, Nana. Right, now we've got time for... By the way, one thing I'd like to say to all the emailers this week, they were beautifully to the point, weren't they, JK? They were. But was were we not going to be playing Schmendrick Lamar's um, email? Were we not having that one? Oh, bugger. Because you promised you'd put it up. I, I mean, more than promised. You, you, I you said you'd give him, give him money if you didn't put it up. OK, well, I'll tell you what. I, I have to go and find it. Yes. Because and I haven't got my phone with me. I left my phone downstairs. So let's do the Discord questions and I can find it while you're... Because I'm going to ask questions and you lot are going to talk. So I'll have time okay. to find it. You can find you're it you're dead right. I do owe, I do owe, owe old Rootless Cosmo that. Rootless it a, Cosmo, indeed. It was a good email. Um, right, so Discord questions. Anaban, uh, he says, We know J5 can't play if he is pressed, but in the recent few games we have played, he seems to be not at all harassed. Has Tommy Tuchel given him some tactical nous regarding his positioning, or is it the way the entire team plays that is preventing them from pressing J5 properly? I'm going to ask that of Marco. Run that by me again? Yeah, I thought you'd say that. <laughs> you had that look. You were. You had that faraway look. I mean, you know, talk about the girl with the faraway eyes, Mark. The bloke with the faraway eyes. Right, we know J5 can't play if he is pressed, but in the recent few games we've played, he seems to be not at all harassed. Has Tommy Tuchel given him some tactical nous regarding his positioning, or is it the way the entire team plays that is preventing them from pressing J5 properly? It's a good question, I think. I think the interesting thing about J5 is that what, we, what we've been able to do recently is cast aside all that regista bullshit from... Um, the, the, the days of, of Sarri, um, he's actually just playing as a as a as a midfielder. He's meant meant to play in that position, so I think he's robust enough to um, hold the ball up, to win the ball, to recycle the ball, um, and he and he's resilient. So I think I think he fits the system. That's what he does. Mm. What do you reckon, Clayton? I think it's quite interesting, actually, because I remember the game we played up at um, Sheffield United. Well, I don't know if you remember the first half, but they were all over us like a a rash, and they were basically pressing us so high. And and I was screaming for Tuchel to take off Jorginho because he was basically being swamped. And funny enough, Tuchel didn't hear my screams, (laughs) and he kept him on. And he just got better and better. Mm. And he just has. And the bottom line is, I can't answer that question. I don't know why previously, when he has been pressed, um, he basically hasn't hasn't been able to do it. But now he can. I think, I think maybe 
it's because we're playing three at the back. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think that he's not last man standing anymore. Well, so I think that's probably why. I, just to add to that, I I agree with you. I mean, I I think I think I think Tuchel rates him like we were all saying earlier on. But I think Tuchel has devised a system that protects his weaknesses from being exploited, and one of those is having three at the back. And I think one of those is also actually getting the bloody team to do what he tells them to do, which is to press belligerently, to recover the ball if they lose it, and to track people back when they make runs. And bless his little cotton socks, Frank never really got us to do the hard work going back, which meant, I think, that uh, Jorginho got hugely isolated. I'll factor in something else too, because in those days we would often dig him out dig Jorginho out for giving the ball away too much or losing it in the tackle but number one he was losing it when he got isolated and I think that happens less I would also like to think that Tuchel as he has done with let's let's just say for example Christensen, Rudiger, uh, Chilwell, uh, James, uh, even Aspie he has made them better players he is getting their levels up isn't he JK I think completely it was interesting to see the maybe way he's also... done the same with Jorginho is what I'm saying I know I think he's done the same with Zayek yeah who if you remember in the the dreadful Barnsley game where Zayek had 26 touches and uh, lost the ball 26 times or gave it away we thought that was a kind of nadir for him we thought my goodness he just can't deal with it but they now don't seem to have a problem with people pressing they've got a way to deal with it they either play it long or they get through them uh, and it's almost as if they've learnt. And you wonder whether it for, it was too early. And now Jorginho knows exactly how to play. I think it's very relevant. He's very relevant that, that he, he, he even when we have corners, he's still got players back, hasn't he? He's got two or three players back, um, uh, which I don't think Frank did. I think Frank left one back most of the time. So he's always worried about defence. So um, uh, there are fail-safes in the side. I just think it's made him a better player. And you're now seeing how completely classy he is. He is because I think he was, uh, in terms of touches and um, and precision passes, he was one of the best in the Man City game the other day and tackles that he made. And he's not having to do that rather embarrassing being um, bypassed and having to drag somebody to the ground and us all saying, well, it's because he's not quick enough. He's uh, it, it, Somebody else can do that. Somebody else is there. He's got other people covering for him. Reese James is so quick, he beats everybody. Um, even Dave is is playing out of his skin and is further back and is getting the ball. Silver is is immaculate, and uh, um, and Christensen was, unless he's injured. Um, uh, similarly, just getting people out of holes. My worry slightly is is the worst player of the lot at the moment um, is Zuma, who just is is still enigmatic. He still comes up with the odd. Although um, although you know the, the tackle yeah. he made on Sterling, but I was about to say, wonderful. Wonderful you know, tackle. That Absolutely. was that. That's my my Guinness moment nomination from that match because he could not get that wrong. That would have been a cast iron penalty no, if it had got that a centimeter wrong. Good at, but he, when he he lost the ball completely for the Sterling situation, he just he's missed. got two left feet, mate. Still has, has. Yeah. and that's to me that's not you can't coach that. It's exactly the kind of perfection that I think people is after. Yeah. So I, I predict there'll be a centre half bought in the summer. Yeah. That's think... also just because of Silver as well being. Uh, being the age of you. It's thing. a shame because I, li- I like Zuma, but... Oh, no, I think his, his commitment is wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, by the way, I found uh, I found uh, Sh- your mate Shenrik's email. Good. Okay, I'll read it out at the end of all this. 
Um, Benji, apologies. I've reread your question and it really pertains to before we played City. So I don't think it's too relevant. Apologies. Adam says, uh, calling on the team's in-depth... Oh, it's another theme here. Calling on the team's in-depth knowledge of Southwest Six boozers, which pub do you think will be the best to watch the Champions League final? I'm thinking of places with large outdoor spaces and room for a big screen given uncertainty over restrictions, but not too many spring to mind. Well, like Sam, Adam, same answer, really. We're not really sure. Uh, same advice to you, mate. Just, uh, you know, check, check, phone them all up and find out. But I think either way, you're going to have to book somewhere and it might be tough. Uh, I'm sorry to say. Uh, right, Muzza. Muzza says, hey, guys, just wanted to hear your opinion on what you think might happen in relation to formation and lineup for the next year. Seems to me we need to find a way to get Mount, Havertz, Pulisic and Werner all into the team. And the experiment of Mount in the double six hasn't seemed like the best solution. I, I have to say, I, I agree with you. I thought it was disappointing. I think it was against West Ham, wasn't it? Do we maybe need to go to a 4-3-3 to accommodate a more box-to-box role for Mount next year or potentially go 4-2-3-1 so we can sacrifice a defender for an extra attacker? Cheers. I, You know, Maza, I think you've, that is a brilliant question because I think that, that in a nutshell nubs our conundrum, doesn't it, Clayton? Because, you know, we're playing so well with this 3-4-2-1 system and it works beautifully for the three central defenders. It works beautifully for the wing backs and the two midfielders. It's up front where we've got an embarrassment of riches, and arguably, if he buys a striker, you know, it, it, he's got some real work to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know. I like it like it is. For fuck's sake, we just got to a Champions League final playing like this. Why would you change it? I I think it's quite interesting that uh, when the when he first came in and was finding his feet and learning about the players. I think it's fair to say that the football wasn't the most exciting. And then sort of just over the last month or so, all of a sudden we are creating so many chances. We weren't doing it before. And it's all been with five at the back. So, you know, when you've got Reese James and you've got Chilwell, um, you are playing with like, you know, four in midfield. I, I, I think he'd like to change it, um, but as you say, if it if it works, why 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 do something different? I mean, you know, if we had, I mean, the obvious thing is, if we had Benzema playing for us against Real Madrid, six nil. We, we we've we've won that tie in Madrid, and we score five at home. That's that is a mate, you know. That's what we're missing at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, what do you reckon, Marco? I mean, half of me, like I was saying, is I wouldn't change a thing, but there's going to be some buys, aren't there, coming in? And you know, good coaches should be able to play lots of different systems, as should lots of different players. But it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think. Well, I think we've sort of seen evidence of that already, haven't we? In terms of di- different players, different systems. Mixing youth and experience. Um, I mean, obviously, everything everything was in place uh, when when Tuchel arrived. So it'll be interesting, you know, if if he's got thoughts that are actually his, who he sees as as players that would fit in his system rather than who um, the, the the speculative uh, pundits on on Twitter think. Uh, you know, Chelsea are going to sign. 
because I think he's, you know, Tuchel's definitely his own man. And we've already seen from the way that he's played certain players whose careers we thought were done and dusted at Chelsea, how he's brought them in. So it wouldn't surprise me if we if we saw a couple of unexpected signings come in or players that are sort of under the radar slightly. Um, and I think you've just got to trust them as well. I think he's earned the supporters' trust with the results that he's got so far. So, you know, if, if it's um, a mystery midfielder or striker, um, as opposed to somebody, you know, like Haaland or whatever, somebody that's well-known and has been touted uh, strongly, then, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with it. Mm, okay. Um, JK, do you want to comment or...? Uh... No, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to the summer because I agree completely with Marco. I think uh, he's likely to come up with people that we've um, never heard of or if we have, it's only been uh, briefly or someone we've never seen from a different uh, a different league um, because he seems to be that kind of manager. And also he's had a, a wealth of experience in um, in both the Bundesliga and the French League and they're bound to have been uh, in- interesting players to, to, uh, to pique his interest, mm. as they we shall see. And I mean, as as, as uh, Ramsey says, or shed up a man on uh, Mixler, but what if Tommy Tuchel's choices don't match Marina and Romans? And therein always lies the nub at Chelsea. Right, Yarin, the lovely Yarin from Israel has got a question. Tommy Tuchel always talks in the presses about closing the gap from Man City for 90 minutes. I know there is a gap in the table, but how much of a gap do you think there is now between the sides at the moment in terms of performances? Um, I think I can answer that very easily and quickly, Yarin. Not an awful lot in terms of squad depth, squad quality and, and performance, as, as, as the the last two matches against them have proven, uh, Clayton. Yeah. Um, who look at their side, um, who would, you know, I mean, apart from the wonderful Kevin De Bruyne, um, there aren't many players in the Man City squad that I'd want over what we've got. I thought I thought um, it was really nice of Pep and Tuchel to do a gentleman's agreement and not play their best players on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, um, if you don't play Kevin De Bruyne, we won't play Mason Mount. All right, no problem. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's listen. I I I think I was looking at the table the other day and and uh, what is it? We're sixteen points behind them, mm. which is still a lot. But we would only be uh, about five behind them based on just Tuchel's game since he arrived. We're second in the league, yeah. about five, seven yeah, points behind that, them. That, that, that's fair enough. So, you know, that that's looking forward to next season. Mm. But the point is, what were we, 36 points behind them last season? Yeah. So yeah. the gap is closing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, uh, I've got a good one here, which I'm going to ask to Mark. Daryl, Daryl Middleditch says, can't remember if it's been discussed, but as it's now been quoted, he's officially for sale. Would you have Eden Hazard back for £50 million? Um, no, thank you. <laughs> Why not? Why don't, not? Don't... I just, you know, he's, he's, like a, he's like a girlfriend that you had that's aged a bit and you sort of look and think she was lovely once when I had her. But I wouldn't um, want to shag you now. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, we had the best years out of Eden Hazard. Um, I think people forget, you know, and, he, and he, well, maybe they don't forget because he's had injury problems 
throughout his time in in Madrid. So I just I just don't see it. Fifty million pounds for Hazard. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, got. I've got to say, I I totally agree with that. I mean, I I loved him to pieces. He's one of my all-time favourite Chelsea players. But sometimes you just got to let go and move on. And and we let go, and I've moved on. You know. But do do you not think the most important thing about not having him back is that's the position where we don't need anybody? Yeah, there is that. Although we need an out-and-out striker. Yeah, but on, on having said that, on on. Oh, you know, and I, I think Marco's right. He is. I don't think. I don't think he'll be the same player he was for us again. I think that's gone. But if he was the same player that left us, he still has something that nobody else in that side that can do, which is to create a goal out of nothing. And actually, if people forget this, he was a really good finisher. And nobody in the bloody side can finish as well as Hazard could. Nobody can turn a game quite like he could. But he is not that player anymore. That player went the day they joined Real Madrid and he ain't coming he's not, back. He's not that player at the moment, Chich. I think if he was handled differently in a different side, I think he's... Injuries? He, indeed, but I don't think he's... He's got a metal plate in his ankle, mate. He's like the bionic I know, man. I, I similarly, I don't think he's been... I, as, as I said before on the show, I watched Madrid uh, when he was fit and uh, he wasn't being given the role that he was at Chelsea. He wasn't being allowed to express himself. He was playing in a very rigid format. And, uh, and I'm suspicious that uh, Zidane actually um, thwarted his skills rather than letting him run the game like Ronaldo ran the game for, for Madrid. I don't think he allowed him that. And I, I think he suffered accordingly. And I think given a, a, a different team, I think he could get back to his best. It's whether or not I agree. Chelsea, I agree entirely. Whether or not Chelsea are willing to, to be that team to have another go with him. I'd have him back uh, in an instant. Yeah, I mean, you know... He's had more injuries at Real Madrid than he's made appearances. I'll just leave that there. Anyway, I know, I know. last question from Jorgen, who says, do we really need a new number nine? Havertz was man of the match against uh, Real Madrid as a striker, debatable. He's only going to get better. Timo can play there in certain games, although I agree with everyone who thinks it's not his best position. And we have Tammy. Have we just given up on Tammy because he hasn't played much lately? Jonathan. Um, uh, I, Tammy doesn't fit in the system. Tammy works very well with Werner. Um, I think Tammy will get on um, uh, just to try something different. But if he's going to play what he's playing at the moment, which is the the pressing game, um, plus uh, players running into position like Pulisic and making darting runs, um, uh, Tammy isn't your man because he isn't versatile enough. He wants versatile players like um, because Havertz, you know, flits in and out. And Havertz is getting better and better. Zayek is getting better and better. Uh, Werner is the enigma we have, but but seems to be the cement to make it work. Um, and I don't see how uh, Tammy has a place in that setup. I don't think it's a criticism of him as a striker. I just think it's like Giroud. It doesn't fit the way he's playing. Um, but yeah, we, we've debated the fact that Havertz might be the man and we then don't need a striker. I do, however, think that he will purchase somebody, as we've established. It may not be anybody like Haaland or Aguero, please no. I mean, I thought, I'm i intrigued to see how Harry Kane would fit in that setup, if that was a possibility, because Kane, Kane, does, Kane performs the way that you would expect a Tuchel striker to perform and scores from anywhere. And I'd have said that Kane was much more a Tuchel striker 
than than Tammy is. And so, you know, oh, and somebody... Kane is also a much better striker than Tammy. Oh, but indeed, indeed, yeah. indeed, of course. No, Kane is top banana. So if Kane was available, that would be somebody I would suggest that Chelsea make a bid for. Um, yeah, I'd so... agree with that. I mean, look, just a quickie. I mean, I, Jorgen, I, 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 we absolutely need a, 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 a guy who can get 20, 25 goals in a season because none of our lot seem capable of hitting the back of the net. And I like the way that they play in the system. And I think Tuchel likes that system. And I think it works very, very well. But how many games have we watched recently? We could have beaten City by more. We could have beaten Real by more. There have been so many games where, you know, the likes of me, Marco, Clayton and JK wouldn't have been chewing their nails down to the quick if we'd have had a striker who could actually put the ball in the back of the net. And all I have to say about that is I like Harry Kane, um, but I don't like Aguero. Aguero can fuck off. Never. Okay, simple as. All right, now I am going to read uh, Rootless Cosmo, uh, Alan Gavarin to his friend's email very quickly. Are you ready? Dear Chidge, JK, and other undoubtedly undoubtedly fantastic guests, I'm not going to add to all of your brilliant comments about the European Super League fiasco. Your shows uh, last week, which was a few weeks ago now, said all that needs to be said about the appalling behaviour of the Dirty Dozen and our shitty six. Thank you. Make no mistake, I'm not going to try and claim any kudos for Roman or Chelsea because we were the first to say we were pulling out. They went in with an open mind, knowing what they were doing, even if they surely didn't properly think things through. And I'm sure that the decision was either taken personally by Roman or at the very least signed off by him after it was put to him by his foolish henchman. The delay in an apology and the paucity of any contrition has only rubbed more salt into the wound, although if they had done anything as ghastly as the John Henry hostage video, I think they would have. I would have choked on my Greg's vegan sausage roll. Other brands are available. A point that they made actually when when me and a couple of others from the trust went to them, they didn't want to do it for that reason, which is fair play to them in my book. Truth be told, the relationship between the fans and the club, always delicately poised at the best of times, is now probably irreparably damaged. However, I wonder if there is one last masterstroke available to Roman to turn things around and cement his place as a genuine hero for the club. I think Roman should simply gift control of the club to the fans as per the famous German 50 plus 1 model. How could that work and what would it mean to Roman? Roman could hand over control of the club to, for example, the Chelsea Supporters Trust and or the Chelsea pitch owners. Full declaration, I am a member of both. But billionaires don't simply give away a billion or more worth of value, i.e. assuming Chelsea are worth at least two billion. Well, actually they do. Some of the world's billionaires have given enormous amounts to charitable causes. Warren Buffett, Bill and Melinda Gates, George Soros, Michael Bloomberg and many others who Roman would feel uh, comfortable being discussed alongside have given billions and billions to charity. Obviously, Chelsea is not a charitable cause. And one could certainly argue that if Roman has a spare billion, which he clearly does, there are many, many more deserving courses that giving our club back than giving our club back to the fans. But let's try and take the wider perspective here. Uh, the extent uh, to that extent, Roman's plan has been quite successful, and no one would deny that his excellent community work during the pandemic and his excellent anti-racist work and campaigns against anti-Semitism have enhanced the club's standing and therefore his own. So that given that Roman doesn't actually need another billion, why not hand over control to the fans? This would only further augment his own reputation and, of course, help to repair the relationships between him and the fans. But how would it work, I hear you ask? Well, the 50 plus 1% shareholding would have to be structured in some sort of a trust 
with the necessary restrictive covenants. The fans, through the CST, CEPO or other representative bodies, would have proportionate representation on the management board and other bodies of the club. But the club would still remain a massive corporate entity and would still require the highest calibre of professional and commercial management, which would be accountable to the board. Furthermore, the financial details of the arrangement could be structured so that the profits of the club continue to flow to Roman for a defined period of time, or at least until the value of the transfer proportion of the club had been repaid to Roman. An agreement could be negotiated that set an upper amount that he could take out of the club until his donation had been repaid so as not to destabilise the club. To my untrained eye, this actually seems similar to how the Glazers purchased Man United. They took out enormous loans and charged them to the club and then used the profits of the club to pay back the loans that they took out. The difference here is that Roma would be using the profits of the club that he currently owns 100% to pay himself back for the 51% that he would be giving away to the fans. I should state that I'm not a lawyer and not an accountant, so many people more talented than me will probably find lots of holes in this pipe dream, but I see this as a win-win. Roman does not need the cash. He wants to continue burnishing his public profile and he can become a genuine innovator by letting the fans take ownership, over-ownership and control of their club. Will it ever happen? You would have to bet against it. Anyway, come on, Roman, you can do it. Um, I mean, the interesting thing about all of that is that... Uh, um it's very similar in 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 concept to what uh we are led to believe the 50 plus 1 model is in Germany and I've been digging around in this cuz I'm writing an article at the moment about it but uh basically what happens is there's a separation between um the the clubs become a members club effectively and they and they and they you know basically uh, you know you've got you do have fans, not necessarily. I mean, like a Dortmund, for example. It, you know, they've got this. A lot of these German clubs are basically funded by big corporate sponsors like Audi, Volkswagen, Bayer, you name it. But a lot of them uh, also have like a members club. So you get elected fan representatives to, for to whom the board of the football club division are answerable to. And basically, there's a lot more accountability and transparency, and they have to answer to the fans. And I think something along those lines is eminently doable. But uh, I think because we're so far down the rabbit hole of big owners buying the clubs, it'll be impossible to get any supporters in any real presence on the board, even though Chelsea are open to having advisors on it. But I think it's a really interesting email, Alan, apart from the libelous bits. Uh, and uh, and we shall see. You never know. I'd love, I'd love the utopian dream of the German model happening here for many reasons and for more on that read my article for football.london coming out to you soon this week when i have finished writing it right we're going to finish the show very quickly by announcing the fannies the april fannies now the nominations were the guinness moment was fulham uh mounts touch and pass real madrid pulisic's goal and mounts turn and goal for porto away and i'm very disappointed to tell you that well i'm not disappointed because they're all great but pulisic has won I, pu I put the poll up on twitter earlier and uh pulisic's goal won it with 56.1 percent mount's goal against porto away 32.3 percent and mount's turn and pass 11.6 percent i have to say chaps i'm a little bit disappointed by that because i thought mount's touch uh and pass for that Havertz goal against fulham was sublime and I thought what he did for Porto was pretty special. I mean, I'd have had Pulisic in third there, J.K. Uh, I would agree with you. I think Mount's uh, Mount's contribution uh, with the, against Fulham was absolutely phenomenal. But I think it's also the uh, 
the, the significance of the Pulisic goal that might have given it its um its hegemony. Yeah, they like a goal like that. I put in a very I, long either way. that or all the Pulisic fanboys voted for him. You're just no, I, I agree. I think it was the significance of the Pulisic goal. But I agree with you. Mounts, if that would have been Fernandez, can you imagine? Yeah. Sky News, the you know everybody would have gone mental. Yeah, totally. It's just brilliant. Totally. Jaw-droppingly brilliant. Totally. Um, right. So we got a salary moment, uh, and the nominations were Tuchel uh, dissing Courtois, Tuchel dissing Pepe, and Mount dissing Saha. So a, 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 a trilogy of dissings, which is always very amusing for me. Uh, and in last place, uh, Tuchel dissing Pepe with basically 15%. Mount dissing Zaha was second in with 15%. And the outright winner by a country mile, and I have to say I wholeheartedly approve of this selection, was Tuchel dissing Courtois, which got a whopping 70%. We like a bit of we like a bit of Tuchel dissing, don't we, Marco? <laughs> His face was a picture. <laughs> Did you see it? Did you see I, it? I, I'm just ahead in the darkness. You are, actually. You are. You, you, do look, you, do look, you do look a bit like Friday the 13th, mate, I have to say. But uh, you, you, you've you seen this, haven't you? After the rail match, uh, he shook Hazard's hand and then Corto came up to shake his yeah. hand and he walked straight past him. Yeah, yeah. Quality. And there, there were quite a few memes, weren't there? There were. It was the one, um, was the one with Zuma. There was. Um, I can't remember what it said in that one. Yeah, uh, great, great. So there you go. Very deserving winner. I approve of that one. Now, the last one, the last one this evening, of course, is the Blue Ribboned, which is the Man of the Month. And the uh, the nominations were for Mason Mount, N'Golo Kante and Jorginho. And Jorginho rocked in third with 3%. Mason Mount got 22.5%. And the winner of the uh, Chelsea Fancast Man of the Month is N'Golo Kante, who got 74.5%. Uh, no arguments there, Clayton? No. Which one? Which which Kante won? It's the whole... Well, that's a very good point. I think maybe that's what happened. Both of them won, and their, their percentages added up to 75%. Do you see that? Someone, I think somebody tweeted um, on Saturday. Billy Gilmore's starting and Kante's on either side of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And very apt, that is, too. Uh, worthy winner, JK. We all felt so at the time, didn't oh, we? Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. I'm very pleased to see Jorginho is even there. Well, because that would never have been the case a year ago. He, the boy, right. I mean, see, I, I've, got, I've got a bone to pick because I think Mendy should have been in Man of the Month. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, we had many more nominations. Uh, 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 no, 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 you, you weren't here, with due respect, but we had many. In fact, I can tell you. I can tell you because I got the piece. I have, I have in my hand a piece of paper, mate. Uh, the nominations for... He didn't actually make that. Oh, no, he did. He did. Mendy, I went game by game, right? And Mendy got nominations for one... I'm amazed he only got one. Uh, it's because the rail match wasn't in a April. This is for April, right? But he did get a, a mention, but not enough. Oh, okay. So it got whittled down to Mount Kante, Jorginho and Pulisic. We all discussed the three to go forward. Pulisic got bumped. There you go. So it's all very fairly done. But, I mean, I suspect this month, because that will include the rail match uh, and others too, that he might, he might uh, do rather well. But we'll see. 
Uh, all great fun as always. Well done, everybody, for voting and nominating, particularly the Discord group who do a great job. I mean, every match after the match, they've each got a little group with Guinness moment, celery moment, man of the match, and they all go in there and they're putting memes on and note. They're loving it. It's great fun, and I love you all for it. So, right, that, I'm afraid, though, is uh, all we've got time for tonight. It's whizzed by tonight. Goodness, I've only had time for one Guinness, for God's sake. So there you go. Anyway, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, but JK, Dean Mears and Adam Newson, as well as myself, Adam, of course, from Football.London, will return this Friday for the preview show with assorted guests at 7pm live on Mixler. And we will be looking back at Chelsea's match against Arsenal and ahead, of course, to Saturday's FA Cup final against Leicester City. Another FA Cup final for Chelsea. How wonderful. Now, next Monday, JK and I will be joined by Tony Glover and Martin Wickham to look back at the FA Cup final. And would you, Adam and Eva, ahead to Chelsea's match against Leicester in the Premier League on Tuesday night? Uh, of course, don't forget to check out Dean Mears' fantastic Went to Mo Kings Meadow podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team. The latest episode went out this morning, uh, celebrate, celebrating them winning uh, the WSL title, uh, back-to-back titles. Well done, Emma Hayes and all the lovely ladies there. Uh, and uh, and yeah, huge congratulations! Actually, a fantastic achievement. And of course, they are also in the Champions League final too, like like the men's team. Uh, quick shout out to all of our Patreon people who are beyond fantastic. Uh, I, I'm so humbled that you feel us worthy to dollop a few dollars in a month. Uh, but if you do like what we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron, and that does help cover the costs of doing all the shows. Uh, and uh, helps us to continue doing them. Of course, uh, now you can donate whatever you want no limit i mean it's you know as little as you want really as much as you want there are no tiers or anything like that and it is patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and if you do sign up uh you immediately get access to the wonderful discord group uh and of course you will get a eventually you will get a a kerry dixon mini banner a replica of the wonderful banner that hangs in the matthew harding end uh when i next get a delivery from the states which is taking a while but uh, i'll get them out to you as soon as i can uh, love getting your emails. Keep sending them in. You can email us, Patreon us, Instagram us, Discord messages, whatever you want to do. The email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Get them in by Sunday, otherwise they won't make the show. So there you go. And you can follow us at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59, and Marco Worrell, the legend of Gate 17 himself, at Gate 17 Marco. So there you go. All good. Right. Uh, Clayton, lovely to see you. And we've almost finished on time tonight. Uh, yeah, no, very good. Five minutes. That's excellent. I haven't That's seen Ange come to... in and hit you over the head with a, a, a super Rolling lady. pin. Rolling she came pin. In, she came in earlier. I saw her. She came in earlier. I Did saw she? her too. I saw her too. Yeah. 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 yeah Checking up on me. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure I wasn't watching anything inappropriate on my phone. <laughs> what, like me and JK and Marco? That's quite, yeah, that's quite I'm, inappropriate. I'm, I'm in for it. No, it's been brilliant. Yeah. It's great. Lovely to see you, as you always. Too. Yeah, you too, mate. Always lovely to see you. And as for you, Mr. Worrell, lovely to see you, but lovely to see you looking so well, mate. You are looking very well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to Saturday. you got a ticket, haven't you? Yeah, i got a ticket. There's um, Big Jeff's organised... Uh, a hostelry. I think there's 18 of us in there. So fantastic. Um, should be or out out there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, not sure how it will work, but there's a tidy little firm. Yeah. So Lovely. all good. Looking forward to it. 
Yeah, you're not hired a double decker bus this year then. Mr. Meehan's joining us as well. Mark's joining you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. stuff, great stuff. No, well, look, have a have a really great day. Make it special. I'm really chuffed that you got a ticket, mate, I have to say. So, well done. Enjoy. I look forward to seeing pics and tweets as I'm sitting in my armchair in Winchester, mate. Quality. Quality. Lovely to see you as always, mate. Yeah. Always great having you on the show. And last, but by no means least, Mr. Kidd himself, JK. Thank you so much. It's been it's been really in depth. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Fun yeah. show tonight. I quite like these three parts. Yeah, yeah, cleverly done. But also with these with these unique guests, it's going to be such. It's going to be thus, isn't it? Mm. But I like it though. It makes it more fun. Four parts stupid, three parts like that works better for me. There you go. Uh, lovely, <laughs> lovely to see you. I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Uh, you two are also going to the FA Cup, so we'll talk about that on Friday with you. I know you're excited. I can see. So there we go. Uh, right, people out in Mixler, well done. Lovely to see you as always. As always, seeing so many of you and then enjoy reading your comments throughout the show. So lovely to see you. We look forward to seeing you again on Friday. Uh, but there we go. Thank you for listening. See you next Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.